Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Knock It Off. I'm your host, well, whatever I am, Kara Wood, and I'm one of two sisters behind this endeavor, the other sister being Bethany Bell. And together, we're two unqualified moms sharing our personal stories in the hopes you don't feel so alone. So Bethany alluded last week that we were just on cloud nine because we had come fresh off of my daughter's dance recital and we both spent the whole week just wishing that it wasn't over and reminiscing about it. So the natural topic for this week is a story about the dance recital. We hope you love it and we hope you understand why we are the way we are. You think it's overkill? We go big for recitals. It was May. Kara called the dance studio to secure the necessary number of tickets to her daughter's recital. The woman on the other end said, Okay, you get two for free. Do you need any more? Out came Kara's signature chuckle that typically results from a combination of amusement and slight embarrassment. We need four. 14 additional tickets, she replied. The woman was baffled. For a single dancer? You've set a studio record. We grew up in a family that valued supporting each other in our endeavors. Our parents demanded it whenever possible. We recall our little brother sitting through our dance recitals playing his Game Boy until our numbers came up. We remember multitudes of soccer and baseball and softball games. And the whole family enjoyed attending high school football games in Florida under Friday night lights while Kara reluctantly cheered for the team. Our family also has dancing in the blood. In our very first post, we described that our paternal grandparents were dancers on vaudeville. Our grandfather appeared as a dancer in the 1927 motion picture, The Jazz Singer, the first feature-length film with synchronized dialogue. For you history buffs, or perhaps anyone who enjoyed the plot of Downton Abbey, A New Era. This film marked the beginning of talkies and the end of the silent film era. Our grandparents eventually owned a dance studio in Birmingham, Michigan. Our dad would emcee the recitals as a kid with his best friend assisting. Sadly, these grandparents passed away when our dad was still a kid. A lot of the intricacies of their early dancing days are unknown. We do know that this photo, one of many taken of our grandparents by the photographer James Kohler at Radio City Music Hall, is responsible for the extra heart flutters we feel when entering the historic venue. So it's no surprise that all three of Dad's daughters took to dance in various degrees. Kara focused exclusively on dance for years, eventually becoming a member of the company at Simply Dance in our hometown in California. Bethany and our youngest sister, Jenny, had other interests along with dancing, but we all had our time on the stage. Legend has it that Kara and Bethany had to be separated into different dance classes at young ages due to their overly competitive natures that necessitated more intervention than their instructor was willing to endure. Long before we siblings reached the stage of life where procreating was on the horizon, the three sisters made a pact. The one to have the first girl got to name her after our paternal grandmother. 
Sadly, we never got to meet this fiery redhead performer, but we knew her legend and we knew we adored her name. After Bethany had the first child, a boy whose middle name is our grandfather's, we all beamed with joy for the first beloved baby in the family. But Kara and Jenny smiled a little more because our grandmother's name was still up for grabs. Afterwards, Kara prayed that Jenny would have the baby she desperately wanted, but Kara may have also snuck in a request that it be a boy. Both requests were granted, and our family met Jenny's beautiful baby boy soon thereafter. The next turn was Kara's. She was blessed with a girl, all made good on the pact, and with Kara's husband's indulgence, their daughter received the coveted name. The child clearly had no choice but to dance. This background, combined with the general joyfulness that most women probably feel when a loved child puts on a costume to perform a once-yearly two-minute recital number, explains why we may go a tad overboard at recital time. Last year was the first legitimate, large venue, big stage recital for Kara's daughter. It fell right on the eve of a scheduled cruise to Italy, which made Kara's heart sink when she learned of the conflict. When the cruise was canceled, COVID problems, world problems, list goes on. Kara mourned the dream trip, but simultaneously breathed a sigh of relief. The recital was one of the most joyous occasions to date. After the performance, Kara's daughter received beautiful congratulatory flowers from all of the attending family members, but the grand prize for beauty went to our mom, who thoughtfully had a florist design a special bouquet for the occasion. This year, mom had a great idea to make our own bouquets that each family could present to our star after the recital. The DIY job would save money, would allow for a perfect costume bouquet match, and would spare Kara the angst that a woman may feel when her husband shows up to a big event with gas station florals. Kara, a cereal crafter, loved the idea. During a pool hang, she recruited, we mean invited, Bethany and Jenny over to mom's house for floral night in preparation for the recital. Bethany and Jenny exchanged a look. The unspoken rule is that the sisters will show for the, quote, optional craft nights to bring to life whatever latest magical project Kara has concocted. They typically consist of Kara, surrounded by a bunch of materials, fretting over how her mom and sister are doing the job, then finally throwing her hands up and doing it all herself as the others sit back and make antagonistic comments. Truth be told, we love these nights. We gab and catch up and make each other laugh. We wouldn't trade them. The evening that floral night was to commence, Bethany rocked a cooler backpack over to her mother's house, walked in, and found Kara standing over three ginormous buckets of flowers and greenery along with all of the necessary accessories. It became evident at this point that the money-saving justification had gone out the window, just as Bethany predicted, because she knows her sister. Kara is famously known for going all out in anything she is passionate about. Jenny had positioned herself a safe distance away from said environment, as had their mother under the guise of finishing up the delicious appetizers she had prepared for the occasion. 
Bethany took her appropriate seat next to Jenny, knowing her place, kicked her feet up, and grabbed a crab cake. Let the entertainment, er, crafting, begin. By the time the evening was over, the women, Kara, had created seven large bouquets in shades of pink with a black and white polka dot bow to match our dancer's poodle skirt costume. Plus one more in green for Kara's daughter's bestie. The women had also solved the world's problems, including filling each other in on missing details of life, resolving workplace conflicts, and deciding which side of the Harry and Meghan slash crown institution fence was the right one. The florals were so overwhelming that they needed to be placed in mom's extra large bog bag for proper upward placement slash transport. As Bethany and Jenny snickered over their self-designated role of filling the mini vase floral containers from their shared pot of water. When the much anticipated recital day arrived, our mom rode with Jenny to the show with florals overflowing from the bag. While waiting just outside the venue, the two were approached by another pair of women. The strangers eyed the florals, making apparent that the ladies believed they were for sale. One turned to the other, contemplating whether to purchase one bouquet, and asked, I don't know, you think it's overkill? The friend just shrugged. The inquirer then asked our mom, how much? Mom had to break it to the woman that they weren't for sale, leaving out the small detail that they were almost all, ridiculously, for one dancer. Upon entry, the family eagerly anticipated number 38 out of 42. It was a long wait. But for those two special minutes about three hours into the show, there were hearts pounding, huge smiles, and even a tear or two. Dad's only criticism of the recital was the lack of an MC to announce the numbers. After the show, everyone waited in the lobby for a meet and greet with our star. While waiting, an elderly man said to our dad, You think you've got enough flowers there? Dad quipped back, No, we've got a truck coming. As the dancing star emerged, she was presented with bouquet after bouquet, first by her brother, then by each of her boy cousins on the maternal side, then by all grandparents. By the end, the flowers had overtaken the child. A woman witnessing the scene, trying to make sense of it, asked, is she the only girl in the family? Not anymore. So far, we've got one more girl who has dancing in the blood, along with a slew of boys who do as well. Sadly, our firstborn girl is threatening to be done with dance, which, together with the presence of her extra-large family, made this recital all the more special. Her mama may attempt a gentle swaying in the coming months. Fingers crossed for more floral nights in our future, however they come about. We may await with bated breath our children's decisions for future appearances on the brightly lit stage, allowing us to gush and beam and cry from our auditorium seat located stage right. We may hope and pray and quietly attempt to manifest it in their hearts. But if they decline, if they no longer wish to do the dance class thing, wear the glittery costume, face a crowd of dark faces as they vulnerably perform their numbers, 
If they don't feel the enchanting spark of that experience, that's okay. We, as their mothers, pledge to forever keep the dance alive, whether it's to all that jazz on Broadway amongst the stars, or interpretive modern to Taylor Swift's 22 on our birthdays in our cluttered kitchens, or silly head-banging moves on the porch to a karaoke-style I Love Rock and Roll, or even highly offensive ballet in old tutus to music from the Nutcracker in Grandma and Grandpa's living room, it will live on. May the dance always live on. All right, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed it, and please make sure you're subscribing to knockitoff.substack.com so you don't miss a single thing. We release stories every Sunday, and we also do the audio versions on Substack and anywhere where you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next week.